Good morning. This is the this is MT Clark, and this is the MT for Christ twenty four seven podcast. And this morning we're joined by Arthur and Susanna Sincati, Pastor Bob Costello, my wife Tammy Lynn Clark, and this is Bible study with the Sincatis. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. It's spring. Cheers. Good morning. Finally. Yes, it is. Uh, yes. Oh, boy. Uh, Amen. Good morning. Porch yesterday, drank in the sunshine, enjoyed the, oh, the beauty and majesty of his creation. Yeah, beautiful. Nice, huh? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, me and uh, me and Tammy Lynn went for, uh, uh, well, first we did an activity where I, where she blindfolded me and I made a pie. Um, yeah, <laughs> so there's that. And then we went for a hike on uh, Robert frost trail in vermont and then oh, we we ended with a that. with a paint and sip family activity where i where i painted a a picture of a moon and, and a mountain range and uh yes, well, well maybe we'll share that on the blog post this week uh, right as one of the photos but yeah so it was a good day to enjoy the you know i you know the temperatures have come back up and spring has sprung so right Arthur and I did that uh, Robert Frost Trail in Vermont one time oh, when yeah. we celebrated um, my birthday. We went up there for a, to a bed and breakfast, or, you know, short weekend kind of thing. Yep. And on our way back, I think it was, we stopped there right. and uh, walked the trails. It's a very yep. lovely place, and the little house is very sweet. And mm -hmm. uh, beautiful, dark and deep, but I have promises to keep. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Before I sleep. And miles to go. And miles to go. That's right. Before I sleep. So we have miles to go this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you. Hallelujah. Jesus, uh, purpose uh, uh, in front of us, Lord God, uh, placing uh, eternity in our hearts and, uh, and giving us the unction this morning to um, seek your face and to uh, drive uh, ahead forward in all your kingdom uh, dynamics. We pray for your anointing and your blessing uh, over our Bible study this morning. Yes. That indeed would be. Uh, in our midst, orchestrating and directing as you see fit, Lord God. We pray that you'd be honored and glorified in all that we say and do this morning, and that your word would go forth with power. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I think that it's interesting that you use the, today the topic is the power of life and death. Yeah. And it's in the tongue that we both are talking about um, Robert Frost, who was a great poet uh, and, and yeah. an orator. And that there are a lot of people out there that, that have written beautiful and um, strong poetry words and prose and songs and things like that, because it truly is life and death is in what we say and, and speak yeah. over each other and over our lives yeah. and those kind of things. Um, just gonna... a little plug, there's also my son-in-law's <clears throat> brother has just put out a, a music video called Broken, and it's amazing. His name is Zach Safran. <clears throat> and it's just the, the power of the of the spoken and sung word. Yeah. Mm. The message is just amazing. It's a message, uh, anti-suicide message. And it's just a really great song. Yeah, it is. It, it really is incredible. <clears throat> and uh, in the same regard, I'm happy to have uh, Pastor Bob with us here this morning because uh, he's our consummate uh, storyteller. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, the impact of, of his words and his stories mm -hmm. is just 
just echoes uh, through the through the ages uh, the people that he's he's sewn into, and so today's topic, the power of life and death, and we know the end of that is in the tongue, is once again, you know, I just I know I probably say this every week, but this is probably one of the most foundational, most important, most uh, underpreached. Um, uh, messages and teachings and understandings for us to come to in our Christian walk, in our Christian life, in 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 God's uh, economy and in, in His dynamic. The, it, one of the one of the pitfalls that we have here this morning is that we're actually going to use language to try to describe language. <laughs> and and one of the first conclusions that we're going to come to is some of the insufficiencies and, and, and pitfalls of language. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's very complicated. And so we're going to take, just for fun, we're going to take a, a little peek at what the world system has to say about the quote-unquote evolution of language. But... Mm -hmm. um, to get started, I want to quote this verse from Zephaniah 3.9, which is a rather obscure verse, very prophetic. It says, for then I will restore to the peoples a pure language. Mm -hmm. And boy, you know, what a day that's going to be. That is just going to be incredible because, as I said, there are so many pitfalls sown into language as we try to understand one another. And I believe we got a glimpse of that um, in the upper room in Acts chapter uh, in Acts chapter two, uh, where um, we you know the day of Pentecost, mm -hmm. speaking of tongues, and we'll talk a little bit about that later. So I would just like to you know you didn't include it in the outline, but um, I just looked at Zephaniah three nine. I love the 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 end of that verse. Um, yes. Because it says, for then I will restore to the peoples a pure language that they all may call on the name of the Lord to serve him with one accord, you know, and right. Right. that's, that's, um, you know, if he's going to restore to people a pure language, you know, it's for a purpose, you know, and uh, it's to call on his name and to serve him. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Language is, is the uniquely human position that uh, uh, separates us from created from created animals and likens us to our creator who spoke the universe into into existence uh, so this is this is the, the the line of demarcation we know that that some animals have uh, what seem to be complex um, uh, language uh, patterns uh, that where they communicate with one another but um, none uh, to the extent of engaging abstract thought the, the way that we do and using language uh, on in so many different variety of, of ways and, and purposes, whether it's uh, for the sheer pleasure uh, of it or for, you know, instruction or for you know, their nefarious uh, uses of, of language as well. So it, it really doesn't get more first cause than this because you know we're right up to genesis 1 3 <laughs> with the first recorded expression of languages and then god said there it is you know whenever we know that in hermeneutics and in a methodology of of understanding and navigating god's word uh if if there's a concept or something that 
is is shrouded in in controversy or that we're trying to understand on a deeper level, mm -hmm. it's best to go back to what we call first cause and get that first um, right. expression of right. of what's being said. Mm -hmm. And and there in the opening <laughs> verse of mm -hmm. scripture, right away it says, "And God said." Mm -hmm. um, uh, 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 pa Pastor, actually. Uh, do you remember this? Pastor Finn used to say that in some ancient texts, I've never personally seen this, okay? He said in some ancient texts, um, it, it reads, and God created, and it says, Elof Tav, the two, the first and last words of, of the uh, Hebrew alphabet, uh, as if to say, and God created language and then used language to create the universe. So um, uh, I have to look that up. Uh, uh, cheers to Pastor Finn this morning. Speak blessing over him. <laughs> but it's a great concept. I just want to take a peek at, um, uh, pull a couple of things down off the internet. This is what the world system, you know, has to say about language. It usually starts out with something like, we have no idea. Okay, so that's right, right off the off the beginning. That's kind of problematic. It's like going to the doctor and saying, I have no idea what's wrong with you, but we're going to take a bunch of tests and, and, you know, throw the darts at the dartboard and see what happens. Okay, so um, they usually start out with we have no idea. This one was from the Oxford Handbook Online, and we've got uh, Maggie Tillerman and Kathleen R. Gibson. Uh, our, our wrote this article on on the evolution of language, and it says here under what con what counts as evidence in language evolution, and it says the previous selection introduced the major novelties of the language uh, faculty, which include notable uh, disc uh, uh, dis discontinuities with animal com uh, communication systems already said that. This gives rise to the fundamental dilemma in the field of language evolution. Language seems to display many features with no precursors, yet general evolutionary principles suggest that a complex trail, uh, uh, a trait like language, which is not under the control of any single gene or related group of genes, must have evolved in large part from simpler precursors. Um, frustratingly, we have no direct evidence. <laughs> Thanks for the article, but we have no direct evidence for any aspect of language wow. evolution and no uh, uncontroversial indirect evidence. Uh, moreover, what is considered possible evidence wow. differs from discipline to discipline, as we'll now discuss actually we won't discuss that no let, let me yeah let me uh let no, me chime in on that um it sounds like even the evolutionists are are, are saying that uh it's a gift uh it, it's it's something they can't explain that it may be god given yeah. Yeah. um and and if you're if you're running with evolutionary theory the question would be why hasn't language developed in the animal species to the point 
uh, that it has in in the human species. And obviously, our narrative is the, the based on truth, and it's, it shows that it's it's been given for man to have dominion over the animals of the earth. And the primary one of the primary um, uses uh, of language uh, is noted in in Genesis as well where it spoke of Adam walking and talking with God in the garden. You know, he walked with God, he communed with God. He, you know, our, our language was primarily, you know, to establish a relationship with God, the father. Correct. Correct. And I think that there, you know, people can, that are outside the, the real strong foundations of faith, we can say, Oh, well, Let's look at Planet of the Apes, you know, the movie. Yeah. And look how the apes all, you know, they Whoa. became dominion over everybody. You know, it's like, okay, that's a movie. Uh, and fiction. Yeah. I don't walk around in the jungles of Africa or wherever and have a conversation with orangutan. Yeah. Um, you know, we have to be very careful because Satan's very, very coy and very capable of Using weaving language. Yeah. Mm-hmm. language into places where it doesn't yeah. belong. And te- te- teaching te- apes te- sign language and po- Polly want a cracker isn't exactly this it. Um, and, and as much as animals might communicate with themselves, the one thing they don't do is give glory to God. Right. That's right. right. Yeah. Well, they do by, by virtue of their existence and their right. humanity yeah. and their beauty, but they're not consciously no. uh, uh, in an a- abstract fashion. Uh, this was interesting. Uh, how Stuff Works uh, off the internet it says, uh, and the, let me just ca- caution. So this may sound kind of creepy and well, I just <laughs> drag this off the internet, but tragically, this is what's being taught in our public right. school. Right. Uh, that language evolved from the human need to communicate with each other in order to hunt, farm, defend themselves successfully from their harsh environment. The ability to communicate using language gave the human species a better chance of survival, according to those who believe in the adaptation theory. Language also evolved for social interaction. Darwin called the evolution of language pre-adaptation, which is now known as expectation. This concept explains how species used an adaptation for the purpose other than uh, what it was initially intended for. So in in other words, they're they're saying that there was a survival deficiency in man and they developed language in order to survive. But that never answers the question how they survived through the point that they didn't have the language. And evolutionists uh, claim that it takes millions of years for these adaptations to actually take take root and form. So mm-hmm. uh, we never would have made it through those millions of years of, of, of trying to adapt in order to survive. So it's, a, it's an argument that really um, uh, always collapses upon itself. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, it takes more faith to believe that stuff mm-hmm. than it does mm-hmm. to believe the word of right. God. Right, and and they'll and they'll play games with it where it's like sudden leaps in the evolutionary. Thing. Like what? That's you're going against your own theory by by presenting, uh, you know, uh, exceptions to your own rules. And, yeah, right. Yeah. And 
in, instead of making exceptions to your own rule, could you, you know, possibly uh, grant that there's a there's there's a God who 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 who, who blessed uh, mankind with these abilities rather than they were evolved out of the mud? And I love it because they they make it uh, they make evolution. You know, evolution is a is a is, is a demonic um, system because you can explain away anything. Um, you know, a language itself was uh, developed uh, so as, as a pragmatic means of survival. And so then you go, well, what about the existential questions that are raised? Like, you know, what are we doing here? And, you know, um, you know, well, we came up with, well, like, you know, because we, we had to discuss the things of being and creation and where we're going when we die, because it was a reality we had to deal with. Thus, we evolved we evolved uh, religion to explain, you know, to make a narrative that goes beyond death so we wouldn't have despair and just perish. Um, right. But again, it's all we can we can explain away even the most divine uh, things that develop, um, you know, that that make us look to heaven, to make us look to the Lord. Um, we can even we can even if we're creative enough can can explain away everything. We can, uh, and we use language to do that. And we're, right. we're going to come some of the, uh, as I said before, more nefarious uh, uses of, of language. Uh, back to Genesis, uh, we see in, in Mark already uh, mentioned that there was the, this, there was the in inference that Adam uh, communicated with God in the garden. We don't know if that was, we have no information about that. So that is. Uh, well, we, uh, we have uh, the dialogue. Where were you? I was hiding from you. I mean, well, you know, that comes yeah, later, yeah, that, but, but in, nine, dialogue. in, nine, in, in Genesis uh, 2, 19, uh, Adam called each of the living creatures. He gave them a name and we suspect that he, he spoke that he proclaimed right. that in, in some sense, as I did, and I didn't get into the tedium of the word etymology uh, this morning, mm -hmm. but in, in, in some sense, uh, he prophesied the, the, uh, of those uh, animals because uh, it didn't exist. He spoke it, it existed. The name, whatever uh, Adam uh, called it, that's what it was. Mm -hmm. and, and so there was a, uh, a hint of, of prophecy. I, I believe, I don't think it's too much of a stretch to say that. Um, in Genesis, uh, uh, 223 once again we said adam said adam said this is flesh of my flesh bone of my bone so he's using language uh uh to describe and now suddenly he has he has somebody to communicate with right you know and and that's a good thing uh mm. because uh now this flesh of his flesh and, and bone of his bone and i think mark was bringing up in genesis 3 9 through um 20 is the whole conversation a dialogue between um, God and Adam and Eve, and they're con they're explaining, they're using language to explain away their sin, yeah, their disobedience, yeah. Yeah, right. So language is definitely there in the we, garden. Yeah, and we do mm -hmm. that, don't we? Do that all the time, mm -hmm. making making excuses and and trying to uh, buttress our actions with language. Mm -hmm. uh, and unfortunately, the enemy used language to confound the issue in the first place. Did God say? Yes, he did. That's a great point. Yes, he did. And he uses what? He uses deceptive language. Has yeah. and once again, he deceptive. he um, interjects or in, intersects 
God's language. He says, has God indeed said? Mm -hmm. So he challenges God on the basis of language here. Mm -hmm. So we're seeing, we haven't even gotten out of Genesis chapter three yet. And we're seeing the richness of language and some of its, uh, its, its form and dynamic and, and, and complexity and, and just, and, and, and whenever we have all those things uh, mixed together, there's, there's power involved here. There's, mm -hmm. there's power. Mm. Uh, there's so much power that by the time Genesis 11, 1 to 9 uh, comes mm -hmm. across, mm -hmm. uh, we know God says, we got a problem. here. <laughs> right. We got a problem. We're going to have to change things up a, a little bit, guys, because, um, honey, do you have that? Yeah. Would you read that, please? 11.1 says, now the whole earth had one language and one speech, and it came to pass as they journeyed from the east, that they found a plain in the land of Sinar and dwelt there. Then they said one to another, come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. And they made bricks of, for stones, and they made asphalt for mortar. And they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, indeed, the people are one and they are all have one language and th this is what they begin to do. Now, nothing that they purpose will to do will be withheld from them. Come, let us go down and there and there confuse their language that they may not be able to understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of the earth, all the earth, and they ceased building the city. Therefore, the name was called Babel because there was the Lord confusing the language of all the earth. And from there, the Lord scattered them abroad the plan of the earth. Right. So there was kind of, God could see that there was a danger in that the language that he had created yeah. was now being used for their own purposes to make a name for themselves. Right. Not right. to glorify God. Right. Yeah. But to glorify God. Right. Look what we've done! Look what we've built! It's like the, uh, the the statue of Ozymandias. Look, you know, look and see what I've done and and, yeah, and fear. Yep. But the problem is, is what they what you're looking at is is a statue that's pretty much all gone. It's just half sunk in the sand, and so his kingdom was of no use because it's gone now. Yeah, you know, right. Um, this is uh, uh, powerful uh, stuff, and uh, I studied. I started. This is a study that's been brewing for like, I don't know, 10 years <laughs> for me. Mm. And I started ferreting this out because this portion of scripture, which is, is ext extremely unique and it's very, it's a watershed moment in, <coughs> in, in the narrative. It's a watershed moment in human history. Mm. And it disturbed me where it said, it, it, let us confuse their language. Because we know and we understand that God is not the, a God of confusion. So mm -hmm. uh, how is he interjecting confusion into the narrative? How, why is he bringing where he is not the author of, of confusion or he is not a, a God of confusion? So as, you know, as, as I studied this out, uh, it really goes down a lot of rabbit trails. But I, you know, I, I think as I listed here and, and Susanna expanded that point, where the observation was let us let us make a name for ourselves that was the yeah. overarching proclamation of, Which, of mind 
at that no, point. I, I, yeah, I ask you. I mean, let us make a name for ourselves. I mean, we're we're right back to the enemy. That's uh, yeah. the spirit of pride. That's the spirit of Satan. Uh, right. We're going to make a name for ourselves. And not only that, you know, we could, you know, the language, uh, the, the text says that God confuses their language, um, you know, to to stop what they were doing, which was in rebellion to his his uh, his his purposes, which is in Genesis one twenty eight, where God told them to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have yep. dominion. You know, so so when they decided to pull up stakes and just stay in one city and build a tower for their own glory, they were going against the will of God. And sure. so it says he confuses their language, but he was he 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 stopped them from from their disobedience and scatter them throughout the earth to, for his purposes. Yeah. Which would bring forth a, a, uh, a swifter destruction, really. I, you know, I, you could, we could extrapolate this to say that it was, it was really for, for man's own good. Yeah. That, um, um, That's that, a, absolutely. That, that, that took place. Uh, a small rabbit trail. This could actually be a, a study all in, a, in and of itself, and we'll think about this for next week. But naming is an important aspect of language in God's economy. Um, we know that many Hebrew names have a portion of God's name in, in their in their expression. Uh, Isaiah, the I A H at, at the end is you know the name of uh, Yahweh. Uh, El, you know, El, El Shaddai, uh, Elohim uh, are woven into many Hebrew names. Uh, Israel. So, yeah. Israel, exactly. Um, so uh, that's a, a, an important dynamic of, of language, uh, identifying a, a, a person by virtue of or, or, or prophesying a certain character o- over them, um, yeah. a godlike, a godlikeness, right, Bob? We know that the name of the Lord is a strong tower. So again, uh, uh, in in uh, in in Hebrew, in in ancient, uh, in the Old Testament, it was it was unacceptable to even speak the name of Yahweh. Uh, that's why there were no there were no vowels. It was the the tetragrammaton was Yod, Hey, Va, and Hey, and there were no vowels. So we we don't know. The exact pronunciation we kind of interpret or extrapolate that because they, they they would just leave that blank in in the text or say the name or, or some words to the, those effect as if not to to use the name of uh, of the Lord because it's a strong tower and that goes on in Proverbs eighteen ten to say the righteous run into it mm-hmm. and we are safe Hallelujah I Amen. love that. We used mm-hmm. to sing that song. Remember that yeah. at Calvary yeah. Assembly, Bob? Yeah. <laughs> and that goes along. We with... used to do little running things. The righteous run. <laughs> the strong tower. Remember the yeah. tower? Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say, this is op- opposites to um, what they were doing in Babel. They were building a tower that they thought was strong, but Proverbs 18.10 says... The name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous run in and are safe. Right. So once again, it's the opposite. Like Mark just said, it's about the enemy saying, are you going to glorify yourself, or are you going to glorify God? Mm. If you glorify yourself, it's a disaster. But if you glorify God, it's a strong tower. It's safe. Mm. Indeed. So, you know, the naming things like that. And also, 
you know, there's right now we're in a, a culture of um, confusion mm. where people are even confused if they're male or female. Oh my goodness. And then you have these whole concepts of, of people not naming a child until they're, you know, two or three years of age and say, well, they'll name themselves. <laughs> okay, you're gonna let a two-year-old name themselves. Okay, well, that's kind of weird. And then you're gonna say, well, they can decide what gender they are. Well, I'm sorry, that's already been decided. You know, if, you know I don't care which gender you choose to identify as, a hundred years from now, when you're exhumed and the, the geneticist goes in and checks your bone DNA, they will determine whether you were male or female, That's not right. what you identified as, but right. whether you are male or female. Right. Yeah. Now, when will the when will the scientists side with the truth of the of God's word? And you know, <laughs> imagine and, that. I mean, I mean, if you talk to some scientists, they don't they don't mix. You know, they don't they don't, they're not. Right. Uh, uh, they get down on they're Twitter. very quick on the science of this is a male or a female period. Um, and uh, they're not very uh, politically correct because they know what the truth is. It's, it's, it's in the genes themselves. And uh, we don't mean to be, you know, unloving or anything to point out the truth of what your genes say. And uh, I'm saying, you, know, you know, but, but there's, you know, there's such confusion, as you said, that, that people would, you know, allow what was once a, a mental disorder to become, you know, a normal thing, yeah. you know. And, and then going back to naming children, I mean, when you, when we were having children and we were talking about what would we name this child if it's a boy, what would we name this child if it's a girl, there was meaning to the name. There was, yeah. there was family histories aligned to the name. Yeah. There was, yeah. there was importance aligned to the name. Yeah. Yeah, there was um, there was thought line to the name. You yeah. know, um, my I decided determined that my children, whatever their first name was, was going to be what they'd be called because I am have a double name. It's a very southern thing to do, and my name is Peggy Susanna, but I wasn't called Peggy because my mother was Peggy. Yeah, it was named mm -hmm. after my mother, so I was always called Susanna. However, when I went to school, what do they do? They see the first, the middle, and, the, and they called me by the first name, and I have to say, excuse me, my name is Susanna. That's my mother name. Yes, well, and I have to have this whole explanation as a as a first grader or as a kindergartner. So names are important, yeah. And what we and what we call our children, and we have to be careful because some people name children stupid things. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry, they're don't, just don't, out don't, there. Don't bring those. That, that but my point really is, we have no examples of that. But <laughs> I think we all could point out, you know, it's like art. We can all see it when we we all know it yeah. when we see it. Well, and, uh, I, I'm some glad names are pretty cool. This point about the culture, because now I'm, I'm not. I don't want to uh, identify. And, and Bob, please weigh in on this. Okay, I'm not an end times guy. All right, I'm not. I, I don't have a bunker. I'm not running around saying. Mm -hmm. Uh, we I have don't to maintain a bunker, and I can't. Uh, I can yeah, barely maintain my house. I mean, you know. but, <laughs> but but one of the signs of, I think, I believe, of us getting closer, along yeah. with Israel becoming a nation and all kinds of things precipitating, it, is the fact that in this culture we are moving closer and closer to a universal language. 
You know, we have mm -hmm. uh, computer apps and devices on our phone that mm -hmm. can immediately translate a language for us. If we're writing in one language, we can send it in, in another language. I don't mm -hmm. know how to do that, but I've heard that there are so, wow. you got the little emojis. You can, you can practically write a whole sentence with pictures, emojis little and little pictures. little pictures. So we're moving towards this universal language and drawing from Genesis 11, one to nine, I, I, I think that's a scary place to go. I mean, well, okay. I think that's a scary place to go if you don't know Christ. Let me put it that yeah. way. For me, it's a very dynamic and exciting place to go because I say, come Lord Jesus, come, mm -hmm. you know, bring it on. Uh, but as a culture, as a world uh, system, we're moving towards a universal language. Hmm. Yeah, Google Translate, you know, basically speaking, they, they were talking, I heard on the radio this week, there was a girl, you know, because of the Ukraine things happening. Um, yeah. There was a there was a school girl who made a friend in Ukraine, and they just speak via Google uh, Translate, you know, so they can, they don't know each other's language, but it's not a barrier right. because of the, the technology we have these days. Yeah. So, you know, I didn't think about that, Arthur, that's uh, some scary, I don't know, maybe you are an end times guy, because that's... Uh, <laughs> That's some scary stuff to think about the applications of uh, technology to bring us right back to the Tower of Babel. Yep. And, uh, you know, if we look around the how desperately wicked our society seems to be coming, um, you know, I can sort of see the scary prophetic writing on the wall there. Right. Once again, we're not afraid because those Indeed. of us who have Christ have hope. Yeah. And we, and we That's see it. We see the end, and we know that, the, that there is a positive end for those who are in Christ Jesus. And, and once again, every time we do these podcasts, we want people to understand that our, always our hope is that you will accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that you will yeah. bow the knee now instead of later when you're in front of the throne, but that you will have that hope and you'll have that, that glory. Indeed. And you can contact, you know, Mark through the MT for Christ, if you want to, to talk to somebody about giving your life to Christ, Absolutely. please mm -hmm. don't sit here and listen to our podcast and be afraid, but see it as yeah. a hope. You can, oh. you can seek the Lord and I you agree. can be saved. Yeah. Run to the strong tower and be safe, you know? Yeah, that's yeah. right and i don't mean and when i say that it's like you know what that's a little too poetic make jesus your lord and savior um <laughs> you know and uh he's made it easy for us. i don't mean to make it poetic you know and you know i don't want to mince words be be right with god no and how do you do that you know you make christ your lord and savior and you use your language uh to yeah. do that you know if right. uh, those who right. say, call on the name of the lord will be saved um yeah. you know uh you know those who say that they believe that christ is you know was raised from the dead will be saved you know yep. it's all intentional know. proclamation of faith that'll right. save you exactly so um as i said in the beginning i'm, I'm happy to have bob here because bob's our our, uh, our consummate storyteller and it's a it's it's a it's a gift he's just got a gift well i would you know when you say storyteller i would say he gives testimony um because his stories are yeah. stories of his his experiences of faith and you exactly. know so he's not telling tall tales he's telling you know what a, what what a simple person who walked into the kingdom has seen and done through his right. years and and they are epic epic testimonies of of god's goodness yeah i i agree 
Uh, Bob, tell us the tell us the story about you know you got saved and and you shown up on the job Tuesday morning and they thought oh Bob you you know you must have had a great weekend how come you weren't here Monday I remember see I remember his his story I do too so, go ahead yeah I got saved on a marriage account a weekend and <clears throat> God just really broke into my life and uh, you know I called on the name of the Lord. And he changed me, changed me. And I, I told my wife, I said, I've been devil, serving the devil all my heart for 24 years. From now on, I'm going to serve Jesus. And everything's going to be okay now. And you know, so on. So Monday, I was so excited. I didn't go to work. And then Tuesday, I went in and a boilermaker come up to me and said, man, Bob, you must have some weekend. All that money you missed yesterday, the overtime. I said, oh, that's nothing. He said, what'd you do? I said, I met God. He said, you met God over the weekend? I said, yeah. He said, all right, I got to go. See. <laughs> so two days later, an electrician come up to me and said, hey, Bob, you're right. I said, yeah, why? He said, I heard you had a breakdown. They're talking about it all over the job. I said, I did. And I said, if, if everybody should have this breakdown, you know? Yeah. And I'm still having to break down 50 years later. Amen. Amen. Yeah, break, break down that flesh, brother. Uh, I love that story. You know, mm -hmm. and, uh, his, his stories. And in a couple of weeks ago, of course, we were talking about how the scripture is a narrative. And that's why God uses the narrative uh, dynamic to really speak to our hearts. Um, it captivates us more than just a, a laundry list of injunctions and do's and don'ts, you know, or or a kind of like nobody sits uh, down and reads the chemistry book, you know, just for for enjoyment. The, the uh, what, what do they call them? Then? Well, maybe somebody. Maybe well, somebody. Maybe, maybe the textbook. textbook. Nobody reads a textbook right. just just for enjoyment. But right. you read a novel, right. or you'll read a biography, yeah. or something like that. Right. So, right. Um, and we heard a story. We heard a story the other day. Um, about somebody who who wasn't raised in a Christian, he he was raised in a secular environment, um, uh, had a liturgical tradition, who gave him a first communion, and when they read through the liturgy of the first communion, this child decided, oh, this is this is this is bogus. This is not real. Um, so there is no God. At six years old. And or whatever it was, you know, for first communion, I think you're like six, seven years old. And so at that point, they decided that church, all of it was a bunch of baloney. And they basically were a practical atheist all through their childhood. And then in high school, one of their professors said that um, if there is a God, you know, would he be, you know, so profound that we could even understand him? Now, the, prof you know, the, the teacher wasn't exactly claiming there was a God. But yeah, that yeah. thought started a process in this person where he yeah. said, wow, like, yeah, maybe that's, maybe I didn't understand him, and, you know, yes, and yes. then he started seeking the Lord. And right. then and, and over a, a course of years and interactions with Christians, he came to faith and he, wow. he eventually um, uh, went and served the church, you know, basically. And it all started with, with someone saying, you can't understand God. 
And I don't know if he took it as a challenge or what, but it made him think like, maybe I don't have all the information. Maybe I, uh, maybe I can try to understand God. And, and from that he met other people and, 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 Instead of the P and he told us about going into Bible studies where, where he would, um, he would meet people and they would, you know, and he would have, he would go to the Bible study and have all these questions, all these arguments. And then some of the people in the Bible study would, would argue right back with him. But then there were a couple people who just simply said, well, that's what the word of God says. And those people that encouraged them to come back, but were always pointed to the truth of God's word were the ones that convicted him. And, and he's, you know, you can't argue with the word of God and he saw the truth and he made Christ a savior and and went on to save him, uh, you know, to serve him. Um, So it's amazing, you know, what, what can happen, you know? Well, and getting back to the the outline, it says we know in Revelations 19, 12, that he has a name, that no one, no one knew except himself. But just to put that t- t- into context of what we're talking about right here, it says, verse 12 says, uh, he has eyes like flame of fire and on his head was many crowns and he had a name written on that no one knew except him. 13 says, and his clothes with a robe dipped in blood and his name is called the word of God. Mm-hmm. Because in John it says the word was oh, with yeah. God and the word was yeah. God. Yeah. Because yeah. Jesus yeah. is we're, the word. He is the word. He's the name above yeah. all names. And you can't argue with that word. Oh. And these are all language dynamic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The word, uh, the name. Mm-hmm. We know that we shall receive a, right. a new name in Revelations mm-hmm. 2 17. Yes, so, yes. so name. This, as I said, this was a brief rabbit trail, but name is an important dynamic of, of language. So language is indeed one of the most precious gifts from God. But consider how, cor- uh, how corruption of language has and does cause so many problems in the world. Oh, yeah. Um, have you ever been involved in a disagreement? Uh, don't raise your hands, okay? In the, let's put it this way, in the last 10 minutes. <laughs> I don't know. Um, have you ever been involved in a disagreement, a verbal battle, argument, shouting match, or cross-examination? Mm. All, all these employ language mm-hmm. and are, 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 can be very hurtful and harmful and deceitful and twisting. Um, yeah. we, you know, we know people who twist language you, you you say one thing and and they and, and suddenly they say what did you mean by that and are you calling me uh, this and i'm you know, like no 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 i was all i said was uh good morning would you like a cup of coffee and so this is right. language is just powerful, powerful even in the even in the realm of darkness have you ever been uh, cursed out shouted at or berated um again <laughs> in the last 10 minutes uh, you know no rate no uh, show of hands here mm. have you ever been a victim of sarcasm or false accusation never no. this no. never not well not no. mark i know but i mean anybody else is anybody else uh, i didn't been? mean to say that sarcastically but... <laughs> sarcastically jumping on that with mark's uh, blog about april fools you know yes a yeah lot of that people, was excellent you know that was really a really good uh statement mark because a lot of people don't realize how hurtful right when they're saying oh i was only joking i know that's in the proverbs says you know right. doing something like that and then turn around and say well i was only joking 
it's not a joke. It hurts. Words hurt. You know that old adage, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt yeah. me. Well, that's, that's false. Mm. That's false. Words hurt. And mm. people use them yeah. as if they were using a sword. Yeah. yeah. Because they are meant, you know, I was once as a child, my I had a very acid tongue and I could I could cut somebody to, to ribbons, you know, real quick, especially when I got to be a teenager and hormones started kicking. Yep. I had to really, really, really come to grips with the fact that what I said, maybe I said it in, you know, in jest or I said it in sarcasm, or maybe I said it meant to hurt, but it was very, very hurtful. And yeah. we have to be careful with our language. Yeah. Yeah. What we say because and that the whole April Fool's thing, it's not funny. Yeah. To mm -hmm. make somebody out of a joke is not funny. Mm. Yeah, the, uh, the proverb that uh, Susanna uh, was speaking of is Proverbs 26, 19 and 20 that says, like a madman who throws firebrands, arrows and death is a man who deceives his neighbor and says, I was only joking. Wow. Mm. So that's, uh, you know, that that's uh, 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 something that we see uh, in the world system happening quite frequently um, with everything from the weather forecast to the mainstream uh, network news. Uh, ask, uh, ask Will Smith if jokes hurt. Oh, yeah, too think, soon? Yeah. Probably. Oh. The other, what was the other guy's name? Uh, Chris Rock. Got, yeah, Chris Rock got slapped. <laughs> oh. So these are weapons of language uh, which are contrary to God's design. Mm -hmm. James 3.10 says out of the same mouth proceed blessings and cursings my brother and these things ought not to be so mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and and then he goes on to make an example can can fresh water and salt water flow from the same stream mm. so this this ought not to be so how many times i, I remember you know S susanna was saying uh uh, or in Mark, you were saying as this young person goes into a liturgical church, I was I was brought up Roman Catholic, and even as a as a young kid, it was a big church, like twenty thousand members, five masses on a Sunday. Wow. This mm. is back in the sixties, okay, mm. in a very thickly settled portion uh, uh, of outside of Boston, of Boston. Mm -hmm. and so. Uh, but I remember even as a little kid, you go to church you know, feel, receive the mass and communion and feel very enlightened and talk about spiritual things. And then you get in the parking lot and start cursing out the person who cut you off and why don't they go faster and hurry up and let's go. And, you know, that that's a green light. Let's, you know, you didn't even make it like 10 minutes outside the church and, and already mm -hmm. you're like spewing with anger and, and, and vileness. So in one minute you're praising God in the next minute, you're cursing your neighbor, cursing your neighbor. Um, but God's promise to us is to restore to us a pure language, as we saw in Zephaniah three nine, and uh, and Acts uh, two three uh, and four is is a sample of that. Let's just read that because it's it's so beautiful. This is the day of Pentecost, and in Acts chapter two, it says uh, that. Um, uh, says uh, when the when the day of pentecost had fully come they were all uh, in one accord so that's interesting because the zephaniah passage uses one accordedness right it, it goes on to speak of one accordedness in one place and suddenly there came a sound 
from heaven right. as the uh, as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house uh, where they were sitting then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire it sat upon each of them and they were filled with the holy spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the spirit gave them utterance so here again we see all the dynamics of of language of the gift of speaking in tongues uh, and we receive that as a, as a pure language because just a little bit a while later in the passage uh, these same 120 people are going to go out into the community and the people around are going to say what's going on how is it possible that i hear them in my own language you know so the the barrier has been taken down he's a restorer of the breach people come on yeah it says we hear them speaking in our own language the wonderful works of god yes so once again the language is being used to glorify, glorify god. By god that's right not to curse not to put down not to create a problem and, and not to, to talk about god. your dog or your or the weather or you know what what we have in front of this afternoon right so all those things right so and, and, and pentecost was the purpose of you know glorifying yes. god and then all those people says what shall we do to be saved and they called right. on the name right. of right. jesus right. to be saved you know and yeah. then to serve him you know Mm, just like Zephaniah said. Indeed. So even though language employs subtleties and nuances and gestures uh, that can alter its meaning, uh, by and large, the active ingredient is words. That's the active ingredient in language, okay? Uh, I, I, I had an experience with this with a, um, we used to have a deaf friend mm. and he was actually a tenant of ours and he lived downstairs from us and we became very friendly, but it was very tedious to communicate with him. Uh, I learned a little bit of sign language, but mostly we would write notes back to each other. And even when we called each other on the phone, New York State had a, uh, an translator. operator translator that would translate out what we, each of us was saying. He would type and, and she would say it, but wow. she, or the translator never translated with any nuance or any, they would just try to stay in a monotone voice and say what they were reading. Except the time when he had gone to the hospital and was trying to tell me that he had cut his hand All and right. gotten stitches. <laughs> And the poor translator is going, I cut my hand and I went to the hospital and I got a situation. I say, okay, okay, operator, operator, calm down, please. And then please just give me what he's telling me so that I can help him and make sure that he's okay. All oh, right, okay. I'm sorry. It just kind of it kind of took me off because they're they're trained to be, you know, and I went to the hospital yeah. and I did the but she was getting upset because she was reading that he had gone, he'd gotten hurt, and that you know there was something mm. that needed to be done. Yeah. So language is very important, and it is hard when there's yeah. there's uh, some kind of breakdown in that language. Mm. Yeah, um, but the active ingredient here are words, and we actually have to be careful about uh, interjecting nuance and, and, and things of that sort. Uh, many of us, I know that we listen to Max McLean reading through the Bible, yeah. and I listened to another guy, Nicholas Hope, uh, reading through the Bible, and Nicholas Hope was very, he's really good. Uh, but he likes to say that he reads it without without commentary. But every now and then he'll use some some snarky voices, yeah. like when he's uh, when he's quoting the Pharisees or something. So that, you know, we we have ways of interjecting our commentary, <laughs> don't don't we all the time, right? right? So 
anyway, the, I want to emphasize that the active ingredient is our, our words. And um, uh, Proverbs uh, 23, 12 says, apply your heart to instruction and your ears to words of knowledge. Okay, so uh, apply your ears to words of knowledge. We know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. As a matter of fact, I, I, I want to emphasize that by reading. That's Romans 10. And I'd like to just uh, look at uh, the, the fullness of, of that chapter as well. And Romans 10, 14, uh, again, speaks of this uh, language dynamic. And, and it says, um, I know. Romans uh, 10, 14. 10, 14. I'm at 14, 10. Boy, okay. thank how you, then shall they call upon him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Right. How shall they preach unless they are sent? For it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. So there's, there's a point where you have to have words well, yeah. to go and right. speak to people. Yeah. And the word is the word of God. And yeah. the word of God is Jesus. Right. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, there it is. Let's take a let, let's take a, a, a peek at some of uh, of the the different um, uh, realms or, or uh, of language. We this this prophecy, for instance, prophecy, uh, and prophecy is is a powerful form of language by which we may call. There's the key word call. You know uh, things which do not exist as, as though they did, Romans 14, 17. This, 417, thank you. Uh, this is employing uh, the creating power of language, the language of God, uh, as with Ezekiel in, in Ezekiel 37, the whole dry bones narrative. So mm -hmm. speaking those things which, which be not as, as though they be. We have some, we have some people uh, in the congregation uh, right now, presently, who are suffering uh, from illness? We're not gonna. We're not gonna. What's the point of of ex exalting their illness and saying, "Oh, gee, did you hear? What? Uh, how? Isn't that terrible? Yeah. You know, why are we giving a voice to to the negative? Let's just let's just proclaim righteousness and let's just speak to those things." Uh, Brenda Halstead, our pastor's wife, likes to say, talk about doubt your doubts, you know, and, and, um, and just speak to your mountain uh, that had been removed. Uh, we all know the information. We, you know, we, we don't have to uh, uh, add or, or to that or color it in at all or, add, you know, or add our own commentary on the information. Let's just speak to the information and say, I have a second opinion, the word of God. Right. And in that a voice, because it's this, that's the way God spoke the universe into creation. Mm -hmm. And that's the power of, of, that's the power of prophecy. And, mm -hmm. you know, the apostle Paul says, you know, I, I, in, in, in first Corinthians 14, he says, I, I wish that all would speak in tongues. <laughs> I speak in tongues more than, than anybody, but I prefer that all would prophesy. Right. 
And that's, you know, proclaiming, like you said, well, like it leads to your next point is proclamation, but prophecy, right. like, like we were just in, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, in Romans 14 or 10, 14 yeah, um, yeah. was saying about preaching. How can they know without a preacher? Well, it's always, it's, we're prophesying the word of God uh, in those verses right. you came up with uh, 417 spoke of God. And then in Ezekiel's dry bones, it was the Lord, of God, the word of God said this, and then things, you know, happened or, or whatever. So we always agree and preach and uh, preach the word of God and, and allow his, his will to be done. Um, and we and we can find the peace um, in in listening to the word of God and 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 proclaiming it. And that leads to your next point, where proclamation is another powerful dynamic of language. And uh, you reference Isaiah sixty one one and two, and uh, the quote you have is "Proclaim liberty in the acceptable year of the Lord." That's that's Christ coming on the scene, reading that, um, right. reading that in the synagogue. You know, to tell of a new, new, new covenant coming. Yeah, and then saying it's been fulfilled in your hearing. Right yeah. there, he is. Yeah, he yep. is the year of the Lord. You know, that's the proclamation. Proclamation is really important because we're speaking and we're saying what's coming. Yeah, and then in the in the Lord's Supper, you pointed out, uh, Arthur, that First Corinthians eleven twenty six it talks about you proclaim the Lord's death until He comes. Right. So, you know, his death and his resurrection, we've often said, I know nothing but Christ and him crucified. Of course, adding on to that, resurrected and seated at the right hand of the Father. Because that's our proclamation. We're not left alone. We're not left as orphans. Right. Mm. Our not- proclamation is Christ and, and, and Christ alone. And, and um, uh, you, in, in, uh, flip back briefly to prophecy, Revelations 19 says, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Right. So we proclaim mm-hmm. or testify of what Christ has done for mm-hmm, us, mm-hmm. like Bob, you know, completely changed, radically changed in one weekend, goes up on the job the next day, and people think he has a nervous breakdown. But mm-hmm. that's the power, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And he's mm-hmm, prophesying, mm-hmm, he's mm-hmm. telling people, he's proclaiming what Christ has done for him. Right. And the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of, of prophecy. Mm-hmm. Uh, in First Peter 2.9, Pro, uh, proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Like, why do we want to run around and proclaim the darkness all the time? We, mm-hmm. we just have a human tendency to want to do that. Yeah. Well, know? I think that we do that because what do we see on TV? What's, what is right. media pumping into us day in and day out oh, on, on these yeah. channels? You know, when Father Nicola is now back from the Ukraine, he's back living with us as he has in the past, and we're very happy to have him back. It was a of a traumatic go there for a while um but he's doing much better now and but he just wants to go back and watch cnn right and one of these stations he just wants to hear this over and over and over again what's going on in ukraine and i understand he wants to know that because he has people there that he loves and he's caring for and he's worried about but it's only proclaiming bad it's not proclaiming anything good Mm -hmm. i did see a, a post about um samaritan's purse going over into ukraine and Franklin Graham proclaiming the word of God, yes. going from place to place and right. preaching the word, preaching Jesus, oh, preaching beautiful. salvation, preaching hope. Mm. That's what you want to hear. But of course, the, the mainstream media is not going to put that on TV because then that would make give people hope instead of dragging yeah. them down into the molly grubs and keeping mm. them in the proclamation of death, where, where we want to have a proclamation of life. Right. 
Well, let me, let me ask you a question. So when you were pastoring, how did you manage or handle uh, the prophetic word in, in, the, in the service? Uh, Paul gives us some outlines about how to yeah. do that, but what was your... Uh, uh, we would judge. Yeah. You know, and then uh, Paul talks about uh, 1 Corinthians uh, 12, 12 and 14, you know, the gifts of the Spirit, but it talks about judging, then, you know, a message in tongues. Yeah. And then interpretation, three at the most. And then the elders are supposed to judge. Yes. If it was of God or not, because it could cause confusion mm -hmm. down in the body. So that's where leadership comes in. Right. Mm -hmm. Sure. To judge. It's not a free for all, right? No. no. It's just not everybody. Because again, that's that's one of the things that Paul was speaking to in to the church in Corinth that right. it was uh, it was out of control. Right. It was bedlam. That's right. uh, everybody was jumping up. Everybody had a word. Everybody had a song. Everybody had a preaching. Mm -hmm. you, you're there for six hours, you know, and uh, and everybody fell asleep probably too, you know. So it could be pretty raucous. Again, Satan trying to take language and corrupt it and. Mm -hmm. and it, uh, uh, it, uh, so, um, but Paul goes on to say in, in Corinthians 14 that when somebody hears a prophetic word, comes right. in, right. doesn't know Christ or doesn't right. understand what's going on, hears a prophetic word, is cut to their heart, yeah, and like now suddenly they know that something mm -hmm. supernatural is going on here, that the yeah. Lord is in this place, yeah. and, and that's the thing that really draws people in not our perky programs no. not you know the finger sandwiches after church or the bagels and cream cheese with the nice uh, jellies and things of that sort. that no. doesn't do it those no. i love those things i love no. those things yeah but uh, that doesn't do it i'd rather come in and hear a prophetic word well and i think we also in our in our church i'm sure timmy lynn you and, and mark have it in your, in your church too where there's there's order yeah Right. Um, our our church leadership, Pastor Bob and, and the other two three elder two three elders that we have, um, they say if you have a word of exhortation where you have to correct somebody, you give it to them first. You give it to the right. pastorate first. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they can judge it and then they can determine whether or not it, it, it can be given. Yes. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, I often get those kinds of words, and I'm like, Lord, I really don't want to have to say these things, but I will tell it to the to pastorate, and I have done that. They've judged it and they've either passed it on or they've held on to it or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But those are things you have to be careful of because once again, words can hurt people. Yes. Mm -hmm. If it's a word of correction, you, you know, yeah. you, you may need to say it in a gentle and loving tone, right. where it's not out in the middle of the, of the congregation. However, I have heard of places where someone was doing something really wrong and egregious and a word of correction had to come and it finally had to come in front of the, the church because there is an order yeah first yeah. take it to the one-on-one right. and take a friend with you or take a church member with you then take it to the pastor then take yeah. it to the full, whole church if the person will not change so i mean there is order right don't just willy-nilly get up and start saying order. oh well they said on the podcast we can prophesy in, in the church well no 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 no. yeah there's an order right please be careful about it please be yeah. careful about it right uh peter goes on to say Love covers a multitude of sins, not pointing out the sin, but love covers love, a multitude yeah. of sins. Mm -hmm. The most important development in God's economy is when the word mm -hmm. yeah. became flesh and actually dwelt among us. Mm -hmm. There is 
the fullest expression of language right there. Mm -hmm. Jesus said in John 1.14, therefore, whatever I speak, just as the Father told me, therefore, whatever I speak is, is just mm -hmm. as the Father has told me. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. he doesn't make up things as he as he's going along. He doesn't invent some uh, abstract reality like evolution, for instance, mm -hmm. you know, because we have this creative mind and we can come up with all kinds of goofy concepts, right? Mm -hmm. Jesus isn't just making things up as he goes along. He is the truth right. and he speaks the truth. Mm -hmm. And he even goes so far as to proclaim about the Holy Spirit when the Spirit comes, he says, and of the Holy Spirit, he said, he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, the implication of the rest of the verse from the Father, mm -hmm. he will speak. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So this is not just trying to uh, uh, get uh, attention to yourself or uh, like at the Tower of Babel, mm -hmm. um, exalt yourself or... Uh, or, or uh, make a name for yourself. Right. This is about yes. exalting uh, the glory of God, the kingdom mm -hmm. of God, mm -hmm. all the dynamics of God's economy and the way his creative order right. and giving uh, uh, proclamation to that, giving praise to that, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. saying this is good. When God created the universe and declared, proclaimed that it was good mm -hmm. in Genesis, why should we come against that? Right. Mm. Now, the consequences are bad of the fall, okay? And and they're hard and they're harsh. But you know what? The Lord is my shepherd and I mm -hmm. shall not want, okay? And so in truth, we've been delivered from that. And we have, we always have the power of personal choice before us, mm -hmm. whether to, you know, exalt the darkness or, or exalt the light and, mm -hmm. and, and, give, and give word to that. Right. Now, I, I do want to hold that intention as if to say not to be Pollyanna-ish, okay? When somebody comes up to you and say, hey, how's it going, brother? And you're just like, oh, praise the Lord. You know, my arm is falling off and, you know, my, my neck is bleeding and my dog died and I live in a country western song, right? You know, and everything is collapsing around me. But you're like, oh, praise the Lord, brother. Everything's great, you know, because we can't know to help or come alongside somebody unless you're candid and transparent and say, mm. I'm really struggling here. And you, you, I don't want to give a voice to my struggles, but the truth of the matter is this is what's happening. And so yeah. somebody comes alongside you and prays and, and, and helps and ministers and, and walks uh, through it with you. Right. So um, you, you don't have to, you don't have to focus or fixate on the darkness. Mm -hmm. I think that's the key element mm -hmm. because some people just get stuck in that. Mm -hmm. Woe is me. You know, I just live in a country Western song and it's just so bad and so horrible, but um, you don't have to live there. And that's where the church comes into play. Mm -hmm. So uh, enough said about, about that. We must, the, the point of the study, really, this is the, the takeaway is we must be far more circumspect and far more careful about our speech. Um, you know, the, the, the parking lot example is, is I've heard it. Let's move away from the liturgical or Roman Catholic. I've been in, I've been in Pentecostal, you know, uh, church service 
where the pastor has done an incredible oratory about the power of proclamation. Yeah. And then on the way out the church, people are like, oh, you never believe it. Oh, I can't. I don't know if my car is going to start that junk box. Uh, uh, and uh, you, you, this is happening. And my wife burned the toast. It, 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 stop. Think about what you're saying. The power of life and death is in your tongue. Let's exalt the goodness and glory of God, which is before us. We're seated in heavenly places. We're given a new perspective on life. And we can give that a voice to one another. We can preach to ourselves. Right? Amen. We can preach ourselves out of the darkness. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it makes me think of when David and Ziglag, when they, he comes back and all the women and the children and their stuff has been taken right. and the men are, are going to kill him. Yeah, They're mad. And it says, and David pulled himself, strengthened himself in the Lord. He strengthened yeah, himself in the Lord and Thank he said, you. let's yeah. go get our stuff back. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it was a bad situation. Their wife and kids are gone. They, got, yeah. they don't know what's happened to them. Right. And yeah, they can say, they can say what has happened. But then go beyond that and say, I'm going to go get back what the devil stole. Right. right. And and I love oh that that passage, you know, and, the, and, and he strengthened himself in the Lord. And he said, Lord, can I go and get these people? And he said, yeah, go up and get this troop. And he, yeah. he went up and, and he got he got everything back. Everything was restored because he he encouraged himself in the Lord and asked the Lord for direction. And right. And he was victorious. Exactly, exactly. So just because this language with the Lord is a dialogue, right? It's not a monologue. Yeah, we're not praying to air in the morning. You know, Mm -hmm. we're not just uh, 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 spewing great conceptual things so that we feel better about ourselves. This is not Mm -hmm. a self-help thing. This is a dialogue. That's right. For whatever he's looking for in the scriptures right now, um, just on the practical. Yesterday we had a couple of situations where Arthur came home. And lunchtime, he said, you know what? Just, it's amazing what God does for me because he just loves me. And I said, yeah, I know. And he had this whole thing about a big piece of wood. He had to get it off of the car and he had to get it back to someplace. And he just said, Lord, I can't do this by myself. You're going to have to send me somebody. So he, God sends him somebody. (laughs) This is rich. They get to chatting and then they say goodbye. And the guy leaves. And just as soon as the guy leaves, Arthur goes, wait. God had sent that person to help me. So he calls him back and says, hey, can you come back? And so he does. Of course, he comes back and helps. And and I said, Arthur, just remember, favor ain't fair. Favor ain't fair. But it's there. But it's there. It is there. And it's there. And so, you know, it seems like a silly thing that we should ask God to help us with a piece of lumber. Or later that afternoon, I asked God to help me with a situation that was technologically challenging for me, helping Father get his phone reconnected, blah, 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 blah. And before we left, Father and I prayed, I said, Lord, we can't do this on our own. We right. don't have the, the brain. Yeah. We need the mind of Christ to be able to take care of this technology yes, and get Father's good. phone taken so care of. So important. We get there, and not only is this young man capable of taking care of us, but he's Ukrainian. Whoa, and he and Father were chatting, and they helped that. each other. Whoa. And we got the phone together. And I walked out, and I said, Lord, favor ain't fair, but it sure is there. That's and amazing. I appreciate that, because that's that a proclamation. So cool. That's what we say in our words. Yeah. We say, God, I need you to help me. And he does. And then we give him glory for helping us. Amen. Yeah. Uh, it increases our faith. It enriches mm-hmm. us. Um, we see his active ingredient, his active participation in our lives. 
So uh, the rest of that verse, Proverbs, is Proverbs 18.21, says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? Um, Paul instructs Timothy to preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, uh, convince rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. With the exception of long suffering, all these are language imperatives. So speak the word. So let's mm-hmm. let's speak the word. We've, you know, we've talked enough about our pets and weather and what we're having for dinner. Right. Let's move on from that and speak the word because it's powerful. It's powerful, people. And we want to see, you know, uh, a proactive, beautiful change happen in, in, in our culture, in our society, in our own personal lives. We want to see Christ return. Speak the word. Speak mm-hmm. the word. Uh, speak uh, to that mountain. Pastor Bob, did you have something that you wanted to share yeah. with us out of Luke? Mm. Uh, and 17, and the 70 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. In your name. Mm. The name of Jesus mm. is the most powerful word on earth. Mm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Just speak that name, and boy, Satan trembles, and demons tremble, and mm-hmm. the sickness and uh, sin are broken. This is authority. He said, in my name. Mm-hmm. All authority has been given to me. And I send you out, and in my name you do these things. Mm-hmm. And they came back and said, "It works. <laughs> it works. Yeah. It works." I love that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So the word of God is so powerful. Pastor. Mark, you want to finish it out? Yeah, absolutely. Lord God, Heavenly Father, thank you uh, yes. for for thank your you. word, for the word that we uh, that taught us all about you, the word that uh, that brought us to life when the Holy Spirit uh, showed us that it was true, and that you love us and you and you yes. care for us, and that you forgive us when we come and and name the name of Jesus Christ yes. as our Lord and Savior, Lord. We thank you for showing us that truth and and, yes. and allowing us to to bask in the love of your truthful word um, every week and. Uh, and to give glory and to share that word with other people and to speak that word and uh, to, to watch it uh, be used by you um, to, to do amazing things, Lord. Um, Lord, we pray for you to bless the words that our pastors speak today. We pray for you to give them the word that you want them to speak. We pray for the Holy Spirit to bless that word and to uh, bless the words of the worship teams and, uh, and, and just to, 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 to cause people to be affected by your word, to follow you and to share it and to, to take the authority that's in the name of Jesus to cast out the enemy um, from every situation that they encounter. Lord, we know you have power and the power is through your word. And, uh, and we, we can only agree with it and, and, watch, and watch you do your will on earth. Lord, we, we thank you and we praise you for all these things. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Amen.